Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima Laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic-grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at-home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now... This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code FOODHEALS. Food Heals Podcast, episode 109. In Qigong, they say if you shake every day, disease can't live in the body because disease is stagnated energy. And you just relax the glutes <laughs> so that everything jiggles. This is probably the only time I ever love everything to jiggle. Well, I can think of one other time, but it's probably not appropriate for the show. <laughs> Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Hills Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben & Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Today we're talking with Dr. Catherine Zagone, ND. She combines the mind of a doctor and the heart of a healer to serve her patients in accessing their highest healing abilities and living a vibrant life. The heart of a healer, I love that. Dr. Zagone practices in Carlsbad, California, where she sees patients struggling with fatigue, chronic disease, and hormone imbalances. And she has a special place in her heart for IV nutrient therapy, women's health, and especially fertility. And she is the founder and chief conception officer at the Holistic Fertility Method. Chief conception officer. I like the sound of that. I know. (laughs) I know. That is a very official and important title. But before we get to our interview with Catherine, we have to tell you about one of our new favorite discoveries, brownbolt.com. In our last episode, you heard from Kim, who told us her beautiful healing story and how she came to create Brownbolt. And Kim wanted to extend a special offer for Food Heals Nation listeners. Are you a vegan or someone trying to incorporate more plant-based foods into your diet? Have you struggled with food or have you been over-dieting for as long as you can remember? Are you looking for a new approach to food, one that will help you create healthy eating habits that can really last while still cooking and eating your favorites? Then the My Brown Bill online program will help you on this journey. You'll find balance, experience food freedom, and release all those beliefs that just don't serve you. They have new content coming out every week, all on HD video. And for Food Heals listeners only, they are offering the program at a discounted price of just $8.99 per month to the first 25 people who join the program. And this price will be guaranteed for as long as you are a continuous member. Use the coupon code FOODHEALSNATION upon checkout. Visit mybrownville.com to join and enjoy their three-part free mini course to learn more about the program and get started on your journey. Next up, our interview with Dr. Catherine Zagone. The Food Hills Podcast starts now. 
today we're here with a naturopathic doctor who specializes in fertility, Dr. Catherine Zagone. In addition, Dr. Zagone has co-created the Rejuvenation Station, a cutting-edge service that provides therapeutic IVs at conferences and events to keep attendees energized, focused, and rejuvenated. Okay, I go to a lot of conferences and there has never been a therapeutic IV. I love this idea. I know. They need to call her. I know. I'm going to tell all the conferences I'm going to call Dr. Zagone so we can have an... I'm always so tired. After you go see all these people speak all day and you're so energized by all the people, but also you're losing a lot of energy. So that's a great idea. And also in her free time, Dr. Zagone performs as a professional belly dancer, which I have a feeling ties into her knowledge of fertility for women, Suze, right? Hell yeah. Welcome, Dr. Zagone. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here, ladies. We're so glad to have you no, here. No, I am so excited to talk to you because when I read your bio, looked at what you do, what you're about, your website, this is a particular passion of mine. I am fascinated with, I'm a certified and licensed massage therapist, and I always specialized in prenatal and postpartum because I love supporting women, especially around baby making. And I feel like women don't get enough support in that. And just so excited to talk with you about all you know about fertility and the ways you approach it with nutrition and energy. It's, I'm excited. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. And I am so excited because this is something where we can actually change the world for the better just by the way we have our babies. With what we know about epigenetics now, it's a new emerging field in science that everything that mom and dad eat, breathe, drink, touch, think, and feel affects that baby's health for their entire lifetime. So there are things mom could be doing during pregnancy that is going to affect that child's risk of cardiovascular disease in their 50s and 60s. So it's really an opportunity to give your child the best start for their entire lifetime. And I really feel like this is how we're going to cause like a global shift is through the generations. I think that's so beautifully stated. This is how we're going to cause a global shift because it's like, what if you were thinking about peace all day? That baby is going to come out wanting to be a warrior for peace rather than, you know, a violent whatever because the parent was violent. And I, I know I'm making really big leaps here, but it's like this could change the world, right? If every mom was doing the absolute best and not listening to all the things that society (laughs) says, right? Totally. Yeah. Step one, don't watch the news, you know? (laughs) I don't. I stopped years ago. Well, you watch Bill Barr, so do I. That's not the news. We watch the funny news. I'm talking about like, you're talking about like the nightly news at five where they're showing you all the violence and murders and wars and horrible things. And like every like two months, they'll be like, and -and so-and-so turned a hundred today. That's the only positive thing they'll ever report on. No, there was a, in my neighborhood recently, there was a bunch of helicopters because there was two shooters or something on the loose and nothing happened. It was fine. But I turned on the news because I wanted to make sure they weren't on my street. Right. And um, all I saw on the news was someone, a little girl was shot in the face by a stray bullet, then someone on La Brea was killed with a machete, then someone else was killed in a a, a truck spillover. And I was like, if I watch the news, I that's be, why I don't do it. I would be the most depressed person. That's on the why planet. I don't do it. I read it. Yeah. Like I read it or so Dr. Z, tell us why we shouldn't watch the news. if we're pregnant at most for our babies yeah for our children definitely yeah so what happens when we have any sort of emotional reaction or stress reaction so whether that's watching the news or getting into a fight with our significant other worrying about money whatever 
our thing is. It causes our cortisol levels to go up in our body. It can also cause epinephrine and norepinephrine to go up in our body. And all of those hormones put the body in a stress state. So that's how our perceived stress goes from the nervous system into the chemicals, our, our hormones and our all of the chemicals in the body create this stress environment. So it's not just like we think it, it's like actually affecting our physiology. So what happens with elevated cortisol over time is basically an inflammatory environment. So that baby is bathing in the, that cortisol, that stress hormone, and it's going to affect their receptors. It's going to affect their own ability to produce cortisol, break down cortisol. Everything that that baby is bathing in is preparing it for the outside world. So if it's bathing in a lot of stress chemicals, let's say, when it comes out, it's going to have a higher propensity for things like heart disease, inflammatory conditions, chronic disease, whatnot. So we're really affecting babies' biochemistry and physiology by what mom's experiencing mentally, emotionally, and therefore physically. Wow, Dr. Z, this is so interesting. And I feel like I've known this innately for a long time, but to put it into words as eloquently as you just did, I haven't been able to do. So thank you for explaining that. And you have a background in this. You've been doing this for a long time. What led you to become a naturopathic doctor and to specialize in women's health? I like to say I was born into it. So I was born at home, breastfed till I was four. Mm -hmm. And for the 80s in Chicago, that's like pretty dramatic hippie style. Sure, sure. Um, (laughs) I was breastfed till I was three in the late 70s. And that was in New York. And that was also very hippie. And can, can you guys tell me the benefits of this? I can, but maybe Dr. Z is more qual. Well, you know what? I'll share what I know. And then Dr. Z, you correct or add. So, well, there's a lot because there's a lot. Okay. Um, First of all, you get the immune benefits of the mom. So you get the what is it antibodies or you you there's there's immunoglobulins yes um, okay immunoglobulins yeah immunoglobulins so it's boosting your immune system boost baby's immune system because you're getting what mom has already experienced and built an immunity to because when you breastfeed you do have to rotate breasts so baby gets development in terms of brain function and also emotional connection your it's something about the neural connections and right and left side of brain okay. And there's also, I would think, although correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Z, that there's also more of a emotional bonding because you are attached and versus just holding a bottle. I've watched parents feed their baby a bottle and watching TV versus when a mom is breastfeeding, they're looking at each other, a baby is connecting with their eyes. It's more of a love bonding going on. That's pretty much as much as I know. Dr. Z, what what do you want to add to that? all true. All so true. Yes, you've got the immunoglobulins supporting the immune system. You're also getting the right amount of nutrients and the right combination of macronutrients for that baby specifically because mom's body is actually reading baby's saliva and creating the perfect formula for that baby. What? It's amazing. It's crazy. It's amazing. Mother nature is amazing. You're also getting the brain development. The suck mechanism is different with the breast than the bottle. You're also supporting the healthy microbiome of baby, both with the breast milk and if you have a vaginal birth. Those are the two biggest things for getting the microbiome on the right path. Can you delve into that? Because I am (laughs) We're never going to let her finish because we're so (laughs) No, we're not. But we're not. But we're going to have to do this in five parts. Sorry, Dr. Z. But this is really important. I love this stuff. I could talk all day. Well, but it's important because like I love – I'm sorry. I apologize Food Hills Nation, I love this stuff. I think this is fascinating. I was raised with a mom who breastfed, who knew that was important, who knew about a bit about psychology. Like, this is super important for people to understand. No, because I feel like most of my friends brag about how quickly they got their baby to a bottle. 
That's their goal. Right. And so I want them to hear this. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So, okay. and I want, but even beyond just hearing it, it's like understanding, understanding it. it and understanding why. So, microbiome, are you talking about babies' intestines? Yes, the bacteria in the gut, as well and- as with the vaginal birth, the microbiome, also the, the gut? All, the gut, but also everywhere else. So we have different bacteria living on different parts of our body, in our gut, our vagina, our skin, our mouth, our eyes, our nose. We're just learning the different conglomerations in the different areas of the body. So again, very new science, but really cool stuff. And it's estimated that about 80% of the immune system is in the gut because of that microbiome. Yes. So it helps us make vitamins, absorb vitamins, process toxins, get rid of gas and bloating, that sort of thing. But super important for almost every function of the body, and inflammation, we, And we everything. just recently had a guest on that blew my mind because they were talking about a lot of the serotonin being produced in the gut that leads to whether you do or do not have depression versus most people think it's just all up in the brain. So it's like that whole, I, I've been learning a little bit more. This, it's all connected. It's all connected. Absolutely. In fact, as a naturopathic doctor, almost all the time we're treating the gut first because if you're not, one, eating good food, but two, digesting and absorbing and eliminate digesting and absorbing that good foods, so you're actually getting the nutrients that your body needs to run all your metabolic processes and then able to eliminate well, i.e. poop, <laughs> from from the food that you're eating, from the metabolic processes and from any of the environmental toxins that we're totally inundated with these days. That's the first way. Like if that's not in place, you can throw all sorts of supplements, all sorts of meditation at something, but if if you still can't get the nutrients in and the toxins out, you can't heal. So it's such a vital part of our health for our entire lifetime is that gut. So getting started on the right track is super important. And jumping off of the, from the serotonin in the gut, that's totally true. So glad that you guys are already up on that and affecting the depression. That's another neurotransmitter like serotonin is oxytocin. So bringing it back to the breastfeeding piece, when baby's breastfeeding, the hormone that's produced to make more milk or to make the milk come down is prolactin. So pro before lact milk. It's made in the same part of the pituitary in the brain as oxytocin. And oxytocin is our love and bonding hormone. Which is the one that's also released when you do have a vaginal birth and immediately hold your baby where no one, from what I've heard, because I have not had yes. a baby yet, where mom and baby connect, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. The The biggest rush of oxytocin in your entire life is during labor. The rest of the time, it's during orgasm and breastfeeding. (laughs) And I've heard that before. And I just, it was on a television show that I was watching. And I remember she was, and she was having a water birth and it looked like she was orgasming. And I remember reading or hearing somewhere that that was the closest thing you had to an orgasm before, besides an actual orgasm from sex, if you weren't all drugged up. Am I right? Right. Yeah. And I mean, we could, we could do a whole show on labor and birth. We we will. (laughs) (laughs) You're coming Uh, back whether you like it or not. (laughs) There are, um, there's a book and a movie called Orgasmic Birth. So there's lots of resources out there. You can't have drugs if you are going to do an orgasmic birth, but not having drugs doesn't mean you will have an orgasmic birth. There's a number of factors in play there, but it is a possibility that we as women can experience that. And there are things we can do to make that more likely. Yes. So that's the next episode. I saw it on Hulu, okay? <laughs> Dr. Z is my new best friend. You don't know this, but we're going to become friends. Awesome. <laughs> with you ladies. Because I want to have a baby soon. I'm in my late 30s. I finally found the right man and am so into this. When I was doing my massage training for 
pregnancy massage, prenatal postpartum massage, they had us watch this amazing video that was out of Russia. And it was, or it was, a lot of it was based in Russia. And it had, you know, women birthing in the Black Sea. In Russia, if you're open to it, there's a tradition that they go to the Black Sea and that's where they birth their babies. And there's dolphins behind them. And the husbands are behind <laughs> them in the sea. And the baby, when he comes out, swims to the surface. And then there was, an, and then there was another one. It was a... She was a midwife or a doula and she had a birthing tub in her home and her husband and her other child were sitting there and she did her own birth. I mean, the woman was fierce, but she was not screaming the way that yeah, we, yeah. we depict women in American hospitals. Right. She, she was clearly going through a process, but she was not in this crazy pain that we assume. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I mean, again, I could go into this for hours. The simplest answer is everybody should just watch The Business of Being Born. Yes. Yes. And, <laughs> and that'll answer all the questions. Yeah. No, that's a really great documentary. I appreciate you bringing that up because that definitely opened my eyes when I was first getting into this. And that documentary came out a while ago. And I would love to know, do you still feel like all the information is accurate? Because there's been people saying different things about it. It depends on where you are in the country. Okay. So C-section rates vary depending on the hospital, depending on the region. Sure, um, sure. I do think we're moving in a very positive direction as far as using minimal amounts of Pitocin for induction, supporting more contact immediately after birth, allowing mom to make more decisions. So I, I do think we're moving in the right direction and it's going to depend on where you are and the type of relationship you have with your doctor and midwife. Absolutely. So what we haven't gotten to, because we kept inter interrupting you with all our questions, is really <laughs> your story. And how did you get into this? Because now, you know, you're a fully licensed naturopathic doctor, you've been practicing for years, but tell us about your story and how you really got to where you are today. Yeah. So when I was in high school, my mom got really sick. She mm. was diagnosed with chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, rheumatoid arthritis, they essentially didn't know what was wrong with her, but they had her on chemotherapy, steroids, all sorts of medications. In fact, I still have a lot of guilt because she used to stay in bed all day so that when we got home from school and work, she could make dinner for us and be up with us so we didn't know she was sick. Dr. Z, Aww. I have to tell you that this is my story as well. Um, my mom was actually diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, but that's what happened is she would do so much rest just so that she could be with me, you know? Oh, oh my goodness. So I totally relate to your story. Yeah. it's I'm like ready to tear up. I know. <laughs> I, I feel you. I feel you on that. Yeah. And so she got to the point where she was just like, the conventional route is not working. Right. And so she just stopped taking all of her meds and found a chiropractor in Chicago wow. on a referral who did muscle testing and nutritional supplements and within six months was almost 80% better. Oh my God. There you go. Yeah. And to this day, she still has no joint deformity. And as long as she eats well, exercises, doesn't drink too much wine or eat too much sugar and deals with the mother-in-law issues, she's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, so seeing that's awesome to hear because I wasn't sure – we read a little bit about your background, wasn't sure where your mom was at. That's fantastic to hear. Did this chiropractor, do you know, did he do applied kinesiology? It was like applied kinesiology. It was He called it cause-effect muscle testing. Okay. It probably had a very similar route in – development of, of the technique, mm -hmm. but they used standard process supplements. And she did do some diet changes and some lifestyle changes, but not even really that much compared to like what I ask my patients to do. So I was, I think it was just time for her to heal, which was part of it. And 
you know, getting the toxins out and getting the nutrients in and, and healing the systems and whatnot. And she also had some really beautiful openings around awarenesses with her own mother and how wow. she was brought up. And she and I have gotten to have some really beautiful healing conversations for both of us around our whole maternal lineage. That's been really fabulous. So that seeing that in high school was like, and I was great in science, great in math, but also so much a people person mm-hmm. and um, knew that I needed to do something in healthcare and that I needed to do something in natural medicine. And so I had researched MDs, DOs, NDs. Well, I hadn't quite fight, didn't find NDs right away. DCs, so chiropractors, osteopaths, medical doctors, acupuncturists, you know, all the different types of natural healing modalities, thought about massage therapy, thought about holistic nutrition. And so at first I thought I was going to be an MD and do an integrative residency. And when I calculated out how much time it would take me to learn all the things I wanted to learn, botanical medicine, nutrition, counseling, just, you know, on and on, it was going to be like years and years and years of school beyond the years and years it already takes. Sure. So it was a combination of things. One, finding naturopathic medicine and being like, oh, I'm a primary care physician and I learn all of the things that I need to know. Mm-hmm. And two, I took the MCAT. I scored well on the MCAT. But every time I sat down to write my essays for my medical school applications, I would burst into tears. Mm. And so I took that as this is not the way that I'm supposed to go. I'm supposed to, there's a different route that I'm supposed to take. And so when I found naturopathic medicine, it all kind of made sense. And I was like, ah, yes, this is it. Heal thyself. Yes. (laughs) Um, So that's how I got into naturopathic medicine. And then when I was in college doing my undergrad in Illinois, um, I lived with my aunt and uncle who are an ER doctor and an ER nurse, and they were on a seven-year struggle with infertility. Wow. Multiple rounds of IVF, tons and tons of money, hormones and egg donation and all sorts of things. And they have three beautiful girls now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And at the time, I remember thinking like there has to be something else that they could be doing to to help them. There has to be something natural to support them in this because just seeing like with my couples now, like seeing the agony when the mama to be gets her period Mm -hmm. and that's not what she wants. Right. It's devastating to see that emotional roller coaster and the financial piece and the stress and everything. Like, I'm just like, there has to be a better way. So when I started naturopathic medical school, I went in with this focus of like, okay, so what can we do to create a better experience for couples trying to conceive and how do we bring in the next generation of superhero babies? I love that. (laughs) So I did a number of internships with midwives and fertility specialists and primary care doctors and women's health experts in order to kind of amass the knowledge and experience that I use today to work with couples to bring in their superhero babies. Awesome. And so I have a personal question because I have a lot of people struggling with this and they're only 30 to 35 years old and they are unable to conceive. And what are some things that they can do? Definitely start with the basics. So I do a lot of testing in my practice where we look at everything from thyroid levels, hormone levels, toxin levels, blood sugar levels, stress levels, mental emotional component. And it It all comes back to diet, lifestyle, sleep, water, exercise. Like I say, everything you eat, drink, think, feel, touch, it all affects you and mom and dad together. Yeah. So testing is important because once we identify something that's less than optimal, whether it's like a DHEA level or a like minor insulin resistance, 
because sometimes there's not an overt diagnosis. It's, you know, unexplained infertility, which that doesn't help, you know, that's just more frustrating to everybody. Yeah. And I know um, a lot of people who are unfortunately going through that and they don't have an answer. So it's not, there's not even like, oh, well, you can at least try this drug, which even though Susie and I are not big fans of drugs, in some cases they work, but there's not even something like that. Right. So first optimizing the basics. So super clean diet, eliminating all environmental toxins, especially plastics, because those are known endocrine disruptors for mom, dad, and baby. So that's like your EPA. Well, so that's like, okay, what are you drinking out of? What are you storing your food in? Like plastic, right? Around your home. Okay. Plastics as well as cosmetics Mm -hmm. and skincare products. And the biggest, so the two biggest sources of BPA that I, that I've found, Mm -hmm. the first is actually receipts. Can we, okay, that's really interesting. Before we get to that, can we explain to our audience what BPA is? Yep. So BPA is a chemical that they put in plastics to maintain the integrity of the plastic. And it stands for biphenyl A, is that correct? Bisphenol A. Bisphenol A. And it was originally created as an estrogenic chemical when they were looking at synthetic estrogens. They didn't end up using it as a pharmaceutical, but they, you know, pharmaceutical industrial complex, it got used in the industrial part. Mm. So it got put into all the plastics and we're finding more and more that the research is showing that it is a very bad endocrine disruptor, which means that it messes with your hormones. Specifically, it acts like estrogen in the body. And most of us today... I mean, there's a number of different hormonal imbalances and conditions you can have, but the most common one is estrogen dominance, and that can be endogenous or our own estrogen, or it can be what are called xenoestrogens or environmental estrogens, which BPA is one of those. So it messes with our hormones. It also, because it messes with hormones, insulin is a hormone, and so it can contribute to diabetes as well. Wow. Wow. Did not know that. And you said now it's used in receipts? Yeah, there are, some places are pulling it out of receipts, but it's been in like the receipts you get at the store, the ink. I don't know if it's the ink or the paper itself, but it has BPA on it. Why would they put that in there? I don't know. I know this I is not no your idea. fault, but I'm getting angry because I know, I know like when I first read about this, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like our hormonal system is a delicate symphony. It's like an orchestra. Yeah. And when we put the slightest little like horrible base, i.e. BPA, into it. It just can mess up the whole symphony. It's it's this, I mean, from what I know of it, it's this delicate balance. It's this wave of, and it's how women get their periods. It's how every, you know, it's how, how so many things function in our body. And then you throw these kind of chemical disruptors in there. And then we're wondering why we're having fertility problems or insulin resistance, or it's, and it makes me angry because it's like, why is it in receipts? Why is it in plastic? Why is it around? It makes... I'm getting Absolutely. I'm getting totally political. Agree. Sorry. <laughs> I totally agree. I totally agree. And what they've found is that what makes it worse is if you have any sort of like grease or fat or oil on your fingers. So if you just put on lotion or coconut oil or if you just ate a french fry, which I'm, you know, none of us eat french fries, right? No. Um <laughs> or at least if we make them at home, you know. But anyway, so if you have that grease on your fingertips and you touch that receipt, the BPA is actually absorbed into your body much more rapidly. Wow. So you think you're doing a good job by doing coconut oil instead of lotion, but then you're actually But more then prone. you go buy something and get a receipt and yeah. bam, you get BPA. <laughs> But you're more prone to absorbing something else is what you're saying. Right. And so the BPA is bad for us and increasing the absorption of it is is bad for us. So I'm a huge fan of using coconut oil on the skin. Mm -hmm. I'm also a fan of declining receipts at the store. Yes, that's a good point. If you're not paying cash, do not take the receipt because you have it on your credit card statement. Done. 
Or yeah, wear so, gloves. And it's a waste of paper. We're trying to save the environment too. So just don't totally. get that receipt. You don't need it. There's no point. Totally, totally. And then so the other big source of BPA that I see all the time is the plastic coffee cup lids. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a Starbucks or a local coffee shop or even a chai latte or or a, a tea. Right. Those lids. So what makes BPA exposure worse, aside from, you know, fatty fingers? Heat. Heat and acidity. Uh. So if you're drinking a hot acidic coffee that's flowing through a flexible plastic lid, you're getting more BPA and more phthalates because the phthalates are what make plastic flexible, also in skincare and cosmetics. And they're also in um, fabric softener, phthalates, right? Yeah. There's all, all sorts of fun chemicals we could talk about. Anything scented essentially is like just think it's already cigarette smoke. Wow. Yeah. So I use the wool, what are they, I think they're called woolsies. They're like wool yes. dryer balls. Yes. I use those. Yes. But I, I, I just, tell, yeah, that just stuck out. But that is something I've never heard of. Allie, have you heard of that about nope. the plastic lids nope. at, at and Starbucks I'm, and all that? And I don't go to Starbucks, but I do go to the local coffee shops. And I always try to bring my little, you know, container, but I don't always bring it. Or I don't even know I'm getting coffee or tea sometimes. And so you have to drink out of, the, you don't have to, but you end up drinking out of those. And so now I'm going to be super aware. Thank Blowing you. my mind right yeah. now. Because that you is something just, was I wasn't even aware of. Yeah, and it's easy to just pop the lid off as long as you're not like driving in the car right, or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, you don't or, need the lid. Or and, just make your stuff at home. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I actually find joy in going to the local places to get work done with my laptop. So I do enjoy purchasing them, but I don't need the lid. So thank totally. you. Totally. No. Yeah, you're in welcome. fact, you should run away from the lid. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag run away from the lid. And I do have, a, I think about plastic a lot. Like I don't buy plastic water bottles as long as I can help it, you know, except in rare, rare circumstances where you just handed a bottle of water like on set or something. You're like, well, I'm dying. I'm going to chug this. But other than that, I'm very conscientious of it, but I have never thought about the lids. So what else? Give us some more, Dr. Z. <laughs> well, and it's not about, so it's really easy to get more stressed out about you know, watching for all of these environmental toxins. And it's not about making your life unlivable. Yeah. It's about awareness and choosing when, choosing most of the time to make yes. the better choice. Yeah. There's going to be water bottle days. There's yep. going to be coffee cup lid days. And it's the accumulation of all the little things. So if, if most of the time, you know, you're keeping your detox mechanisms primed and you're eating good food and you're taking really good care of yourself and you're not using, you know, all sorts of cleaning products around the house or those air fresheners, then a coffee cup every couple of weeks or a lid every couple of weeks is not going to make a difference. Right. But some people do that Starbucks run every single day. Or twice a day. Yeah. Yep. So those are the people we're talking to. If you're doing that every day or you're doing it on a regular basis, really just start bringing your own container. And, you know, there's it's so easy to buy like a BPA-free container online these days. Just go yeah. to Amazon and type it in. So just bring your own container, especially you're also helping save the environment by not buying a cup and a top every single day. Totally. So I'll, my little tip. So in my office... I have a glass mason jar and I have a glass straw. You can hear it. Yeah, Sounds lovely. There you go. Love it. And I just, I'll walk over to the coffee shop. I usually don't put my coffee in there, but I'll, you know, refill my water or my tea in there. And I've got one in the car and I've got, you know, I've just, I've got, I'm stocked. Because <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, so I don't, not to disappoint the whole BPA free movement, but you still have to be careful with BPA free. So glass is best mm -hmm. because even BPA free plastics, may be using a different chemical BPS, which is bisphenol S, 
which is the sister to BPA. Okay. We just don't have a lot of research on it yet, but similar chemical structure. Of course. Potentially similar estrogenic activity. Of course. Got and it. again, I'm going to get on my soapbox. Preach it. Preach it. Preach it. Well, but, but this is always something that frustrates the heck out of me because, you know, the FDA will clear stuff and be like, there's not enough research. It's fine. In, in, in moderate amounts, it's fine. And what I in, in tr- trace amounts, it's in fine. trace amounts. But what people don't realize, and especially in terms of say like cancer, like oh, you know, it's a carcinogen, but in small amounts, it's fine. Well, when you take the lids on your coffee cups and your plastic water bottles, and you take all the other t- and your, your room and your, spray, your, your room spray, and your fabric softener, your and your perfumes, and you add that all up, it, you your body it's can toxic. only handle so many toxins. Yes. I feel like everybody has a certain amount of toxins depending on your genetics, your lifestyle, your a diet, threshold. et cetera. Of how much your body can take before it's gone, it, then it's just like, I give up. I'm going to get sick because I can't handle all this stuff that is not natural. Right. And that's it. That's the majority of my rant. But it's like, <laughs> you have to mitigate. You have to lessen as uh, your exposure to all of these things that we already know disrupt hormonal balance or insulin re- affect insulin resistance. I feel like, you know, your body... Again, I have this immense respect for self-healing and the body's, the way that it's already orchestrated, the way that it's already run, and that a lot of, I personally believe, a lot of the things that people are now dealing with, autoimmune diseases and overabundance of cancer, and can be lessened by just our approach to our daily lifestyle with these chemicals that are not necessary. Go back to glass, where what our grandparents and our parents used that didn't affect us like this. Yeah. Absolutely. I was actually just at the A4M Hormone Symposium. So the, I think it's the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. Mm. And the whole weekend was about hormones. And so we had a whole section on endocrine disrupting chemicals. And if you want, I can read you, there were two slides specifically that I actually posted on Facebook yes. because it's just so scary. So it, please do. You know, the, the slides start BPA studies. BPA exposure in, in human reproduction is controversial. The FDA claims safety. However, fertility rates have been declining through the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, and at, at an all-time low in 2013 per the CDC. So studies associate BP, BPA exposure with recurrent miscarriages, endometrial hyperplasia, PCOS, ADHD, fibroids, and more. Wow. And there's a citation at the end. It was in the journal gynecology in June 2013. And then BPA is a reproductive toxicant. So the FDA categorizes BPA as safe based mainly on two rat studies. Well over 100 studies in 2013 and 2014 show human issues with BPA. So BPA and reproduction, August 2014, review of all the literature through 2013. BPA affects, so it's going to get a little sciencey here for a second. BPA affects meiosis in animals and in vitro, reduces oocyte quality in women undergoing IVF, impaired endometrial proliferation, and caused implantation failure in humans. Mm. So in English, that's preventing... It messes with all of your reproductive abilities. Yes. And so the conclusion is... (laughs) (laughs) I know what meiosis is. I know what oocytes are. It messes with all of it. It doesn't help you. Right. So the conclusion <laughs> the authors came to was consider BPA an ovarian toxicant, a uterine toxicant, and a reproductive toxicant. Wow. And when was this? When you went to this symposium? This was this past weekend. It was Friday and Saturday. However, these chemicals are still in all of our plastics. And, you know, and that's, oh, that's my other point is that the FDA waits and waits and waits. They're like, yeah, 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 it's fine. That's all fine. And they, they kind of kowtow to corporations that want to pass through chemicals to make it easier for them to make a profit. However, these chemicals are messing up our bodies. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So BPA is found in 92% of U.S. men and women. And recent rat studies show that BPA affects methylation, which is how we turn genes on and off and how we, and how we detoxify through the liver and plays a huge role in inflammation, but has been implicated in prostate and breast cancer risk in rats. So wow, reproduction, cancer. Woo. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a short break and we're going to come back and find out more things that you can do to boost your reproduction as well as one belly dance move you can do every day to improve health, happiness, and sexiness. Today's show is sponsored by brownbowl.com. Brownbowl is an online membership program designed to help you find balance with delicious health-giving foods and still enjoy your favorites. They teach you how to improve your relationship with food and stop worrying about being in control. Stop the endless dieting cycle and find your own inner health guru. No restriction, no deprivation. Improve your plant-based cooking skills and create delicious dishes from comfort food, classics to brunch, food for the holidays, simple everyday meals, pantry staples, international cuisine, and more. Gain confidence as a vegan and find your sweet spot. Learn to love your body where it's at and why this is the secret weapon to healthy eating. Feel empowered with your food choices and finally understand that you are in the driver's seat. And only for Food Heals listeners, they are offering the program at a discounted price, just $8.99 per month to the first 25 people that join the program. And this price will be guaranteed for life as long as you are a continuous member. Go to mybrownbill.com to join. Use the coupon code FOODHEALSNATION upon checkout and get started on your journey today. You're listening to the Food Heals Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. All right, we're back with Dr. Z, and we're going to talk about how to boost your fertility, including getting rid of those BPA plastics. We know there's many more things that we can do, and one belly dance move that you can use every day to improve health, happiness, and sexiness. So we'll get to belly dancing in a minute, but let's continue our conversation and really talking about what people can do who are trying to get pregnant and are having issues. So you said clean up their diet. You said avoid plastics and BPA products and scented, unnatural things like laundry detergent. What else do we need to be doing? So housewise, you can actually go to our website right now, www.theholisticfertilitymethod.com and get your free fast and fertile gift pack. And there's a fertile home checklist for every room of the house. Love it. That's fabulous. I go through with my patients, like I go into their homes on the first visit and we do the walkthrough together and discuss like why they need to throw out their detergent and their dishwashing liquid. And, but you can go on your own and, you know, go through every room of the house I think it's like 60 or 70 different items now, everything from plastic shower curtains to canned tomato sauce and whatnot. Yeah. I'm doing this today. I know. I'm doing it tomorrow. (laughs) Really quick question. And this isn't just for the women, right, Dr. Z? This is for the men as well. Correct. Both partners because the dad-to-be is contributing half the genetic information. Mm -hmm. And like I just said, how the BPA affects methylation, which turns genes on and off. That's what epigenetics is, is what genes are we turning on and what genes are we turning off. And some of those on and offness gets passed down to baby. So we want to make sure we're turning all the good genes on and all the bad genes off. Yes. It's not quite that simple, but it's more like a volume dial. So (laughs) turn them up and them down. Okay. So what else do they need to do? So food-wise... Obviously, organic, no hormones in any dairy or meat products if you're eating those things, and no grilling. No grilling. Um, Why? No grilling. So the char, especially if you're doing a marinade, 
contains a chemical byproduct called AGE, advanced glycation end products, which can, it's similar to having like a blood sugar spike in the bloodstream where it causes like a little bit of of damage. Mm. So you want to decrease as much oxidative damage as possible. So no, if you're going to grill, no char marks Mm. or as minimal as possible, as infrequent as possible. Lots of fresh fruits and veggies, lots of fiber, higher fat for mamas to be is actually really good. So avocados, getting your omegas, whether you're doing like an omega-3 algae oil or whether you're doing a super high quality tested for everything fish oil or eating some of those things. Let's see what else. I mean, there's, I try and customize a bit based on what I see come back on my patient's lab results. So I want to, I want to interrupt you and just mention that is something that I came across when I was looking at increasing your fertility or making sure you're, you're, you're healthiest when you're trying to have kids, especially for the ladies is healthy fats that, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up in the eighties where fat was bad and right. stay away from fat. And look at that. Like lots of people now have, you know, and that's still, I think, I feel like that's still in our American psyche. It's like, stay away from, but there's healthy fats and there's non-healthy fats. And especially for women of reproductive age that want children, you have to have your healthy fats, right? Absolutely. And avoid the bad fats. So trans fats, which is in anything fried or or most processed foods, even if it doesn't say it on the label, because they can put up to half a gram in without necessarily writing that there's trans fat in it. Mm-hmm. Trans fats have been shown in half a gram. I want to say half a gram. It might be a gram. It's been a while since I've looked at the study but has been shown to decrease reproductive ability. Whereas healthy fats, checking the omega-3 to omega-6 ratio, getting in your extra virgin olive oil, but not cooking it on high heat, avocados, coconut products, as minimally processed as possible with everything to really get the fat content up. One, because a lot of our, we need fat to make our, you know, our nervous system is mostly fat. And our brain, yeah. So making a new nervous system takes a good amount of fat and calories and energy. There's a good amount of energy and fat. And then the other piece is kind of evolutionarily, reproduction goes down when the body thinks there's a famine or when there's stress. Right. Because it's not, there's not enough resources. It's not safe to bring a new child into the world. Right. So No cleansing maybe, or fasting when you're trying to get pregnant. Or do it four months before you're going to start trying. So there is a place to do a detox, but you don't want to do a detox while you're actively trying. I read um, a really great book called The Fertility Diet, and it talked about healthy fats and also not letting your, just as you're talking about, not letting your blood sugar plummet or spike, meaning like, you know, constantly eat small meals, always make sure that that this mm. greatly in- increased chances of fertility. And this was based on a study that was done out of New England. I don't remember the date, but... The, it, it described those two things as the biggest indicators or the biggest change, the greatest changes that you could make to increase your fertility. Yeah, totally. And it, it, like I said, it comes back to the basics. So I would, I would agree. And what about alcohol consumption? Uh, so my, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to drink wine. I, need I to know. So do I. So what I tell Dr. Z? Couples, yes. I also like to drink wine. Organic is important, especially because grapes are very much sprayed with pesticides. And for some people, it's not that big of a deal. For other people, if you have certain genetic SNPs, they're called, or mutations, mm-hmm. and your body can't detoxify as well, it's going to be more of an issue. So everybody's different. Mm-hmm. So I, what I tell my couples 
is the ideal scenario is that you're eating and drinking as if you were already pregnant. Oh. So you're, you're not drinking. so you're not drinking. But there's <laughs> so, probably so a no lot alcohol. of people in the world that got conceived on after a night of oh, a little fermented grape juice. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. So what I also tell them is, you know, there are some benefits to having a little bit of red wine, mm-hmm. relaxation, better sexy time sometimes. Better sexy time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's not completely off the table, but I encourage them to it's kind of like how hard do you want to play or like how compliant do you want to be? Mm-hmm. You know, one glass of wine a week may or may not make the difference. For my couples who've been struggling for years, they're a little more likely to cut it out completely. Sure. Does it make the most difference? Maybe not, but it's a balance as it is with anything. Yeah. So for some people, it might be the difference and some, and for others, it may not. Right. Totally. All right. And what is one belly dance move that we can do every day to improve health, happiness, and sex in us? So it is the shimmy. (laughs) And I will walk you through a verbal direction of how to really do a shimmy. So if you go back to like ancient, various ancient cultures, so the Chinese, they do um, Qigong. Mm -hmm. Belly dance is kind of like the women's ancient, it can be used for ritual, it can be used for moving energy, for healing, for emotional, for, it wasn't originally like to turn men on. Really? Because it <laughs> it's pretty damn sexy. My mom it's actually studied, my mom actually studied belly dancing. Oh. I remember going to see her recital mm-hmm. when oh. I was like eight and she loved it. And like, and, and I've seen professional and I've actually taken some classes, but we should go do this. Alan. That would be fun. Um, I've taken some classes myself, and it is a very sensual movement, and all originating in the hips and moving up the spine, and it's pretty sexy. <laughs> oh, it's very sexy. It's very sexy, and it's great for helping women feel sexier in their bodies and having more body confidence and self-confidence. So the piece with the shimmy is in Qigong, they say that if you shake every day, disease can't live in the body because disease is stagnated energy. And ah, so the shimmy, one of cool. one of the mechanisms of action is that you are kind of like shaking up your energetic system and stimulating the nervous system and increasing blood flow to the pelvis. All good things. And it just makes you happy. Mm-hmm. So the way I'm actually going to stand up while I explain it because it's just more fun that way. And okay. I'm going to be in my office right now. <laughs> so you're going to start with, with feet like shoulder to hip width apart under the hips. Mm-hmm. Feel all four corners of the feet. Wiggle your toes. And then you're going to bend the knees so you can just see the top of your big toe. Mm-hmm. And you're going to drop your tailbone toward the floor. Okay. And then you're going to drop down a little bit deeper. So if this bothers your knees, you can come up a little bit. If you can get deeper, you're going to get a little more hip action. Okay. And you're going to lift your right hip up toward the right ribs and just kind of straighten into that right leg. And then you switch. So then the right knee bends deeper. The left leg straightens a little bit. That left hip comes up. And you just kind of rock back and forth, keeping the tailbone toward the floor. I can do that. Beautiful. (laughs) So you just start with like a gentle right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. And there's different techniques. You can pretend you're like, you know, hitting the car door closed if you've got an arm full of groceries on each side and get a little more lateral motion or you can do more up and down. And I'm doing it right now. Beautiful. (laughs) So then the way you get the shimmy is you just get a little bit faster. So one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. And then you double time it again. Right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. And you just relax the glutes so that everything jiggles. This is probably the only time I ever love everything to jiggle. 
Well, I can think of one other time, but it's probably not appropriate for the show. <laughs> yes, uh, it is. <laughs> bedroom. Um, and then you just get a little faster, a little faster, a little faster. And you can feel, I mean, I actually, I like to feel my body jiggle. And then you can, when you stop and you take a nice breath and just feel into what's going on, you might feel some tingling, you might feel some heat, some sensations. So you're, you're, you're moving blood, you're moving lymph, you're moving energy. And then you can also take it up to the chest. So switching the shoulders forward and back, and then again, speeding it up. So you get a little, a shoulder shimmy, which can also look like a little booby shimmy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You can take it whichever way you like, but that shimmy, especially in the hips, is both grounding, resetting, and it's just, as a woman, it just makes me so happy. <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of, I have the vibration machine that you stand on and it shakes your hips up and down just like this. Yeah, now you don't even need the machine. I know. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is so much more, when it comes from your own hips, like, you know, if you if you go to any yoga class in LA yeah. uh, and experience it for yourself, you know that everybody, uh, most people have a lot of tension in their hips, that we don't do full flexion in our hips, that we're kind of locked up in our first three chakras. Yeah. There's a lot of hip opening in these LA classes. And you're like, why do I need to open my hips? But then and they explain it. <laughs> shimmying down there kind of frees all that up really fast. Yes. And it's a much looser, free, expansive movement. I actually just taught a work of, it was like an inner goddess wisdom workshop, but it was a good portion of movement and belly dance at a yoga studio in um, Carlsbad. In, down here in uh, in the San Diego area. And the yoga students were like, wow, like I do a ton of yoga and I've never moved like this before. <laughs> like I feel so free. Well, because awesome. it's faster. It's like yoga, even if you do the faster type uh, movement, you're yoga, still holding pose. It's still slower than yeah. belly dancing. Yeah. I mean, belly yeah, dancing makes it's very you structured. Yeah. Yeah. And it, this is much more freeing. It's much more shaking it all loose. It reminds me of like acting warm ups that I've done. Mm. Yeah. And Dr. Z, before we go, I would love for you to leave us with a little bit of inspiration. Can you tell us some cases of, and obviously without their names, but of patients who didn't think that they could get pregnant and then they did using these methods? Absolutely. So my most recent case, a 41-year-old woman and a 39-year-old man, Mm -hmm. they did have, they do have one child who's almost three They've been trying, they tried for their first child for over a year and a half with failed IUI. They did not try IVF, but they did get pregnant naturally. They've been trying for the last, let's see, I've been, I've worked with them for the last 10 months. They had been trying for about nine months before that. So over a year and a half. And she just found out on Monday. So here's the funny part. She went in, she decided they were going to try some IVF. They went into the reproductive endocrinologist who looked at her labs and told her it's going to be really hard for her to get pregnant. And that same day had a positive pregnancy test. Oh my God. Wow. In your face. (laughs) Not yours, but theirs. (laughs) The doctors. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So my, my mama's in their 40s. There's so much hope, even if you're your doc doesn't necessarily convey it that way. 
And I have a few couples in their 30s as well. But I know my mama's like 41, 42 are the ones who tend to freak out a little bit more about the aging. Mm-hmm. And for well, good reason. Well, well we're, but, told, we're, we're told that, you know, I remember being 32 and going to my yearly appointment. And then doctor's like, do you want to have kids? Because you, maybe you should freeze your eggs. And I was like, I'm 32. <laughs> yeah, you still and feel they, so young. And they put that in into your brain. And yes, I know that we're, you know, it gets harder. It gets more difficult as we age. But at the same time, there's a lot more to it than that, I feel. Yeah, I believe if we're healthy that our fertility is our own. We can we can still do it. I totally agree. And after doing a year of clean eating and stress management and self-love and, you know, we're healing our bodies and our, our spirits, you are an entirely different being on all levels, cellular and up and down, that we find it's actually easier for couples to get pregnant after they, you know, after they do sure work with us for a while. After they're putting Um, attention to it. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it does take a little bit longer for my couples in their forties. Like my couples in their early to mid thirties, most of them are, I make everybody do a four month minimum because that's how long it takes for a sperm and an egg from when they start developing till when they get released to meet each other. And so we want to make sure we're using the healthiest sperm and healthiest eggs. So I don't, I don't tell them to try while we're doing a detox or while we're getting blood sugar in order. We want to make sure we've got the healthiest eggs and sperm. So I have a few couples who it's been like we hit the four-month mark and they get to try for it and they get it right away, Wow, um, which isn't always the case. Mm-hmm. And then um, my older couples in, in the early 40s, it tends to take like nine months to a year, sometimes a little bit more than that. It probably depends on their health before they started, right? So if they Absolutely. were not clean at all, it's going to take them longer. If they were already a little bit clean, it might take them a little bit shorter. Totally. And yeah, and it depends on how, like what the labs come back looking like. If there's a lot of balancing we need to do, or if, you know, maybe we just tweak the thyroid a little bit and support the adrenals a little bit and, you know. And Dr. Z, if someone doesn't live in Carlsbad or doesn't live in California, how can they work with you? Do you have resources on your website? Do you have a way to talk to them on the phone? What is your process? I do see virtual patients. So the first couple I ever worked with on my own fertility wise, because I obviously saw a lot in my training, was actually in Seattle. Mm. So I did we did virtual appointments via Skype and I did both the, you know, we sent them to a draw station up there so they could get all the lab work drawn. For some of the labs, they went to their own doctor so that it was covered by insurance. Mm -hmm. And um, we even did some of like the hypnotherapy and energy work via Skype as well. To so they got like the full experience and the full package. The full enchilada. Yeah, the whole enchilada. I mean, I'm so glad that we live in a day and age where this is possible. Like, thank you, Skype, because Skype is making our interview right now possible because (laughs) we're not in the same town. And like Skype is making it possible for you to help people have healthy babies. And I just think that's incredible. So congratulations. And thank you for telling us about this today. Me and Suzy are are like, we didn't get to half our questions. So no, we need to have you back like four more times. Yeah. And then I think I'll be satisfied. Yeah, probably at four. We'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) But then we'll be calling you when we're ready to get pregnant. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) Well, give me like a year beforehand so that we can run all the tests and really have everything optimized. That's like, oh, well, shoot. Because of- that means I got to do this this week. We got to start now. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, four months minimum. How <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been phenomenal. Yes. Where can everyone find you online? 
So for fertility specifically, you can go to www.theholistichholisticfertilitymethod.com and download the resources there for the free Fast and Fertile gift pack. We do do a free consult with my assistant to see if you're a good fit for the practice. And I do have a regular practice of mostly women's health. But of course, you know, I've got my, you know, 70-year-old men as well and my 14-year-old kids who come in too. So I do have a general practice for patients. And that, if someone's interested not in the fertility piece, but just in being seen as a patient by myself as a naturopathic physician, then it would be at Orion Wellness. And that's um, www.orianwellness.com. And to schedule that would be 760-593-4613. So yeah. Love it. Thank you. Can you leave us with a tweetable? Oh, Yes. Health isn't just the absence of symptoms. It's the fullest expression of your vitality, a passion for life. How healthy are you? I love it. If you like that, tweet it to Dr. Z at Fertility Method, F-E-R-T-I-L-I-T-Y-M-E-T-H-O-D, at Fertility Method on Twitter. So tweet it to at Fertility Method, tweet it to us at Food Heals Nation, use the hashtag Food Heals Podcast in your post. Thank you so much, Susie and Allison. It's been such a pleasure. I and we shall play again soon. I can't wait. I'm going to have a load of questions. <laughs> I, just, I just love this stuff. And I think that women need to know. We need to know. It's, I read this great book called Taking Charge of Your Fertility. And I think it's actually quite old. But it kind of solidified my belief in that our bodies are our own. And we need to know what's going on. And we have a lot more involvement in the way that we reproduce and how healthfully we reproduce than just what the doctors are saying. So... Thank you for your work. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Food Heals Nation, don't forget to join our mailing list so you can get all the juicy details when we launch our Food Heals VIP Club. Yep, sign up today and we will email you a discount code that you can use to get 20% off anything in the club. The Food Heals VIP Club is a members-only club and holistic lifestyle brand where we will teach you strategies and classes in the fields of nutrition, spirituality, and entrepreneurship. All our favorite things to talk about. All our favorite things. (laughs) The Food Heals VIP Club is something we've been working on for a while now, and we've just been putting our hearts and souls into it. It's been really fun and rewarding, and I just can't wait till we launch to bring you all this good stuff. So stay tuned for the launch date, but we are thrilled to bring you classes like How to Do a Juice Cleanse, Or if you are looking to add more vegan meals into your life, we're going to give you the perfect vegan meal plan for ultimate health, longevity, and vitality. Or if you have a health business like we do, we'll teach you the exact strategies we use to get sponsors, how to use affiliate marketing to build your business, how to attract more clients for your coaching business, how to rock the world of social media, and just so much more. And of course, we promise to get a little woo-woo on you and teach you all about energy healing in our manifestation classes and guided meditations, like how to manifest more money, or how to release food cravings, and even how to attract the one. I think we should get woo-hoo on them. (laughs) (laughs) So go to foodhealsvip.com, sign up today. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you experience any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet a Kardashian immediately.